This is a Neil Prendeville Show production for Cork's Red FM. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. The following episode contains sensitive content. Listener discretion is advised. Jamie Nagel got on stage one day and he forgot to get off. I was besotted with him. He was the love of my life. We had this magical wedding coming up. Like, my life was perfect. And as the saying goes, if something is too good to be true, it probably is. And it was. When I was wiping my own blood off the wall, I was literally looking at it going, this is not okay. This is a story about love and trust gone wrong. I'm trying to tell a toddler that her father is gone. Is that kind of thing ever had to do. I'm Jamie Nagel. I was born in 1993, and then everything went to. Jamie used to always say to me, "You couldn't make it up. You couldn't make this up." Previously, can you imagine what it must look like for Joe down the road, that's owed three thousand for electrical work, and he sees on Facebook that Jamie Nagel is off with his girlfriend, swanning around in Barcelona, staying in a five-star hotel. We came back and my dad like, literally was starting to lose his mind at this point and he said, Jamie, what are you doing? And he just goes, I can't deal with this. And he left. My boy was four days old. He had me so controlled and the way he was able to do it was just that because he had me so controlled, he knew every move I was making. He knew where I was going to be at all times because I would always tell him because... I trusted him and I loved him. And, you know, if I was going for lunch, he'd know I was going for lunch. Nothing was unexpected. So he was able to plan around me because he knew my every move. It was like he was, it kind of creeps me out now because I know he was watching everything I did. Everything. You know, if I got, if I woke during the night to go to the bathroom, like he would wake, are you okay? Like I did not move. He, his eyes were on me 24-7. Oh he literally, he watched every... I don't even think he slept. I really don't. I'm like, there's no way he slept because every move I made, if I got up to get a drink, if I moved, are you okay? Like, how? How are you? How did you even hear me move? He watched me. You know? I, I have no doubt, I'm sure, there's probably, without me even realising, he probably went through my phone, you know, he could have knew, you know, that's why he would place himself when the girls would call over. He would, you know, find an excuse to come in and sit down. He would, you know, he, he would place himself strategically so he would hear conversations, so he would understand what's going on with me. He would know every bit about me and my personal life. And at the time, I felt like he was my safe place like my best friend I could tell him anything so he knew everything about me you know he knew how I was feeling or and he just watched me and that's how he was able to play me so good because he knew me inside out and upside down everything he did in every day was part of a plan like everything every step he took was leading to something else that he had already foreplanned I have no doubt in my mind that he was quite reckless for a lot of the other things he had done. But I think with me and the whole London thing, I have a feeling this was planned. Like this was his fantasy. You know, this was his script. This was his time to shine. Do you worry that there may come a time when you will have to have interaction with him again because of rights to access to the children and things? 
No, because I know he he cares so little about them. Okay. He's never come to see them, so he I know he's done. He is using them when he's talking to people, you know, like with Mary to 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 play to her um, maternal side. That you know, oh, he doesn't get to see his kids because his crazy ex girlfriend won't let him see them, and um, he pays maintenance and stuff and. He, he uses them still, and I think that makes me angrier than anything, that he still uses my children to, you know, to try and get away with stuff and to appeal to people's softer nature. Would you be slow to go um, into another relationship? Yeah, I'm yeah. actually slow to trust people in general. Everyone I meet now that's new, you know, I'm... I just feel like I'm so... Cautious. I'm get, just weary. You, you want your own kind of little happy place, just the three of you, where you you yeah. you know where you feel safe, where nobody can touch yeah. you or hurt you, and this can yeah. never happen to you again. Did you did you go for counselling? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did. I did for some time, and that's where you know I was. As we said I was treated for for PTSD for the trauma that you know at the time I didn't kind of even think it was as bad as it was. You must have blown the mind of the counsellor, though. He said he'd never heard anything like it in his career. And he said for Jamie's age, he had heard of people like it, but not at such a young age. He said normally they hit their peak with that kind of extravagance in their 50s and 60s. But he said, you know, for such a young age, what I said, like he'd been at this since he was in school. And I know this for a fact because I know somebody who taught him and he he started at a very, very young age, very young age, and it just continued to grow and grow. And, and it will and it will continue. So to some extent, yeah. do you ever believe that you in one way were lucky? Yes. Oh, I'm the luckiest person in the world. When we had to postpone the wedding in 2020, I was devastated. Like, I had my dress nearly paid off. Everything was ready to go, but there was someone watching over me and it was not meant to happen. Like we had saved the date sent out to everyone, like and I just we, we just have to call it because at the time, you know, at this point there was still a lot of uncertainty whether things were going to be opened back up and I said, No, look, there's no point you know, what another few months. I know, but it was just was another devastated. it was just another story of violation. You were violated over and over and over again. Yeah. Just time after time after time. Yeah, it, it was because I I really trusted him and I put all my trust and my faith in him. And, you know, when I was with him at the start, like he always made me feel so protected and so loved and so doted upon mm. and he was all was with me almost too much at times where I couldn't have a conversation with one of my girlfriends on her own that he would come in like he knew everything about me he knew what I was thinking and by creating all these characters he had me covered from every angle I've no doubt that the cameras that he installed in my salon he had the app on his phone too so he was well able to see if I was leaving so he'd know to be back he watched me I was his toy I was just a pawn in his game and he had so much fun moving me around for, you know, four years.
And it's not all that long ago, actually. It's not, it's under two years since it all ended. Finally, yeah. the last chapter of the yeah. book was closed in that period of your life. But you must still have flashbacks, though. I mean, upon waking of a morning, for instance, or last think, yeah. last thinking moment at night. Yeah, or something will come on TV or a song. Um, <laughs> I think one night I was sitting there watching telly and there was just an image of Tower Bridge in London came on and I just, I started shaking because, and I was like, oh my God, what is wrong with me? Like, I, it just hit me, like silly things like that, or, you know, a song or uh, occasionally, not as much anymore, thankfully, but there is still a lot of things that do remind me and bring me back. And for a long time, I, I genuinely couldn't even look at anything that had anything relating to London in it I just couldn't and whereas now I feel like if I could I'd go back to London in the morning and I'd start because I have so many questions I have so many questions that are unanswered about the money and about the bank accounts and I will find out someday I'm, I'm, I'm not going to stop until I find out because I don't think I'll ever rest until I know and she did not rest in early April, Kathleen did travel to London in the hope of finding answers to at least some of her questions. Kathleen, you've just come from the HSBC Bank here in Oxford Street in London. What happened when you went in? So they did advise me that the account, the accounts were actually closed. Now, I asked, was it potentially closed by Jamie or the bank she said they can't tell but she said the bank can close them or it could have been him because it was a joint account but I've managed to get the bank statements for the personal account and for the business account so now it's just a case of going through them the maximum amount that I can see from a glance was about £50,000 a 50000 bank balance where did the first million go, which Jamie showed Kathleen on a bank account screen when they officially became millionaires for the first time? We don't know. What about the 29 million bank balance? We don't know. What about the 200 million plus that Kathleen saw on the screen bank balance? We don't know. Where is this money? Did it ever exist? I did ask her, is it possible to, you know, go into detail where the money was transferred from? And she said, no, no. There's no way of of checking it unless the name is on the statement, unless it gives a description. It's just a piece of the puzzle that was missing that I now get a chance to look at and see what's going on or can I figure out, you know, if there's maybe some leads within the statements of people that he might have dealt with that maybe I could contact. You know, like company names, maybe if there's transfers from company names, I can have a look at those and see if... If I can get some information there, just, you know, every piece of information helps. If, if I know Jamie, he's 100% had several probably accounts in the last couple of years set up with different banks. So he'll have his own personal one that he will probably keep clean and then he'll probably have other ones that he could set up knowing him. He would have bank cards from every which way. And then when we were in London and, you know, when things started to go belly up, you know, he he was dropped another new bank card this was another new bank card of a bank account I didn't even know and apparently there was money in that as well and yeah he he likes to open and close accounts a lot <laughs> I also just discovered that 
he was using one of the cards, the HSBC personal card, right up until January of 2021. Sure, the accounts were supposed to have been closed long back in, in 2020. So he knew, you know, there was a few, few bob in it, like not much, but he was still using it. So they hadn't been closed. So he had created a new account, what, I, what I'm guessing, to pretend that like if I did try and use it, obviously there's nothing in it, so it's not gonna work. I had contacted Crown Prosecution Services at one point and went digging to try and find because it's I think it's you know it's public records if there's been a case going on and his name never came up in anything. So that never happened. Which is you know, they, I contacted them, I actually spoke to somebody on the phone about that. Um a long time ago after it happened. And she was like, No, there's no no records of a Jamie Nagel on CPS. Kathleen, can you explain where we are at the moment? Uh, the Tower Suites, where I stayed with Jay when we were in London for the few weeks in November 2020. I was in these apartments for weeks on end, you know, just looking out the window. It was like prison, so it's just hard to be back here again. I was heavily pregnant. I had no friends, no family. You know, I was trying to take care of a toddler in an apartment with nowhere to go, nothing to do, nobody to talk to, you know, from half six in the morning until sometimes 10, 11 o'clock at night, you know, all day, every day. Occasionally getting out for a little stroll across the road, which was literally over down there, go for a coffee, get a train into London, but sure it was during lockdown, so that was few and far between you know it's hard to describe it's like you become like nearly institutionalized when you're there so long like I was only talking to him and all these other fake <laughs> fake people as well so you know I just I actually just wanted to believe that everything was going to be okay just to get through the few weeks until you know I genuinely couldn't I couldn't take anymore and that's the reason we the only reason we came home is because I, I couldn't take anymore and you know texting friends back home and family but like you don't want to tell them how bad things are because it's nearly if you admit it it's real so I just didn't because I didn't want it to be real but I did I didn't know there was something wrong you know but he knew when he had me in London he had me away from all the drama that was unfolding at home with everyone he owed money to so he knew if he had me here he literally had me captured on my own with nobody around me nobody to talk to no way out nowhere to go so he could keep the lie going for a little bit longer and that suited him you know he didn't care that he had a pregnant partner losing her mind or a daughter that was severely affected by being kept in an apartment as well you know he also ran away from here after running up a, a massive bill didn't he we had left a, a number of items behind you know um, iMac computers, phones, stuff belonged to my daughter. And when I contacted them, they said they had no problem shipping the stuff over, uh, provided the bill was settled, which was in the region of about £12,000 at the time, which I didn't know, obviously, because we left the hotel, mm. walked out like nothing. I have no idea what he said to them for us to be able to walk out of the hotel with our, our suitcases without them calling the police, you know. It was over £12,000. Probably region 13,000 13, mm. euros, I'd imagine. To be interesting to find out 
But that bill was ever paid, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I doubt it, but uh, you never know. Will we go in and see? Yeah, sure, let's go. So Kathleen, we've been into the hotel. Um, can you tell us what happened? Um, yeah, we just um, just asked the reception if, if basically if there was any outstanding um, payments due on rooms for when Jamie was over. She did say that there was <laughs> a few outstanding, but unfortunately she couldn't give us any more information. Um, now, no, I was aware of twice that he had been here, which was the time he was supposedly in CPS and the time he was with me, but... I mean, by her, I'm guessing that there was a few more, by the sounds of it. What he'd done the time we came over, and I know when I spoke to them on the phone that time, she did say that he paid, he paid an amount at the start, maybe for like a couple of nights or something, and that was the only payment. So, like, I can't even express how, how good he is at convincing people to do things. He's so convincing. Though he'll keep using them as long as he's getting away with that. And that's what he does and everything else as well. He'll keep going back and keep going back. He might pay a little bit and then, you know, so they're like, oh, you know, there's a little payment coming in and he's coming back again. So we'll just, you know, he'll pay us at the end. And he will convince them, you know, that he is high and mighty and, you know, a high earner in London. So, yeah, he managed to fool them as well, I guess. <laughs> you fell head over heels in love with him thinking that this was it, that you had fallen in love, it was supposed to be this way, he was the chosen one, and it would just be an incredible life. And now you live with the realisation yeah. that that was one big fat lie. Yep, yeah. none of it was real. From the day I was... And the I MS was him. a lie, and the Crohn's disease was a lie, and the cancer was a lie. Everything. Yeah. they were all lies. They were all lies, and other people have tales of other sicknesses he's created, and... It's not even just from me. It was. It's everyone. How did he juggle all of these stories and keep them all going like that? I mean, it must have been twenty four seven living that he, night. He loves it, and he always used to speak about, you know, how he wrote scripts, and you know, he loved. He used to love writing um, plays and all this because in his life, you know, as I said, a, a good. A good friend of his from years ago, well, he was good friends with him at the time, obviously not after, because he stung him for money, said that Jamie Nagel got on stage one day and he forgot to get off and he stayed on stage and his whole life became a stage. Is that what attracted him to theatre and theatrics and acting yes. at, the, at the very beginning and theatre work and what yeah. have you and Dungarvan? And that's and what drove me to London as well, because he spoke about London. He always loved Broadway and... You know, is he to be is he to be pitied? I wonder. Absolutely not. No. Not not in my books, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not after what he done to me. I I wouldn't pity someone because he's very much aware of what he's doing. It's not that he's completely out of his mind that he doesn't understand because he's well able to cover up his tracks and cover up his lies. He knows they're wrong. And what what emotion it's, do you have for him and what he did to you? I I I think it's a mixture of just. It's sadness, it's anger, it's resentment, it's a hatred. He stole so many important moments in my life from me. You know, even, you know, I even resent him for the trips to Paris because Paris was one of the most beautiful places I've seen. And I know now that for him, it was just part of an act. He didn't care. He didn't care that he was there with me. 
you know, he stole all these 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 moments from me. The time that should have been spent enjoying my pregnancy, which was going to be my last pregnancy, he took that from me. He took spending time with my daughter away from me because I was so focused on all of this and I was having mental breakdowns. Mm. My daughter had to go to play therapy. My daughter suffered severely when her father was in her life one day and next minute he was gone and trying to tell a toddler that her father is gone. We made numerous attempts to contact Jamie Nagel over four months. We rang six mobile phones, sent text messages, WhatsApps, left voice notes. This is the UK number. Number you have called is not recognised. Please check the number and dial again. This is the 083 number. The number you have called is not recognised. Please check the number and dial again. This is the first 087 number. The number you have called is not recognised. Please check the number and dial again. This is the second 087 number. The number you have called is not recognised. Please check the number and dial again. Welcome to the voicemail. I'm sorry, but the person you called is not available. Please leave your message after the tone. After you've finished your message, just hang up. Or to hear more options, please press 1. Hi, Jamie. Uh, it's Neil Prendival at Red FM. Uh, I was hoping to catch up with you on a story that we've been working on uh, for the past number of months involving yourself and various businesses that you set up. Uh, we've had extensive conversations with various people who say you've left them in quite an amount of debt. A lot of money is owed. There's also issues involving allegations that you created between 15 and perhaps 17 fake profiles of various individuals. It appears that uh, some people's identity was taken by you unbeknownst to them. So I'm wondering, could you call me back? Because I was hoping to chat with you about that and other issues involving your ex-partner who it would seem had her uh, life destroyed. Anyway, perhaps you might call me back on this and we can chat because it would be very important to have your side of the story. So thank you so much for that. How are you coping? Good. I'm, I'm good now. I know I'm upset talking about it, but I, I am good now. I'm, I'm back on my feet and we have a house and we're, we're, we're doing good and the kids are great and he left me with no savings. So that's my job now is to try and start getting some money behind me so that for a rainy day but we're we're lucky really to be honest we're we're very lucky and I just had to I had to pull myself out as well and go right okay look for mum you've two amazing children it's the only good thing I got out of it is these phenomenal kids that I have they're amazing they're a blessing everything I do is it's for them and to protect them and to make sure that they never have to face anything like this and in the hope someday that I'd be able to explain properly what happened and all I pray is that they don't hate me, that they have no dad, you know, that kind of way. I, part of me feels guilty that I chose someone that didn't want to stick around because it's hard for them not to have a father figure as well. Will you tell them when they're older? I don't know. I I know when the time comes <laughs> what to say. You know, my daughter, up until a few months ago, occasionally asked just out of the blue one morning at breakfast, tell me, where's daddy? 
And I was like, oh, jeez. <laughs> um. <laughs> if he's not stopped, right, having listened to all of your story in quite an <laughs> amount of detail, like, if he's not stopped, this will continue and more people will become yeah. victims to this yeah. this fantasy world. He'll no. just move somewhere else. He won't stop and he, he will never stop because he can't. He does not see anything wrong in what he's doing. And if you had an opportunity to meet with him, not that I'm sure you'd wish to anytime soon, would you ask him to explain? I mean, what would you say? There's nothing I could say to him because nothing that would be it wouldn't, it was more point. returned would be true. It would just be more BS and more BS. And I don't think I could sit and listen to another word of lies. He wouldn't, he, he can't, he's incapable of telling the truth about anything. I I think somebody like him genuinely needs to be locked up. I think there is a place behind bars for people like him because he won't stop. He will never stop. He could easily move up the country and start again. And what do you wish yeah. for you? I wish that someday that I will wake up and Jamie Nagel's name will not be in my brain. <laughs> and I think that will still take some time because even before all this, there was not a day goes by. And even my mother says the same, that every day, there's not a day goes by that we don't think about something that happened. It's, it's, it's just engraved in my brain. I'm sorry, but the person you called is not available. Please leave your message after the tone. After you've finished your message, just hang up. Or to hear more options, please press 1. Hi, Jamie. It's uh, Neil Prendival at Red FM. It's uh, 7 o'clock on Monday evening. Um, Hope you're well. I'm just giving you a call at the arranged time. Uh, I'll try again in about 15 minutes. Thanks a lot. Cheers. This is a Neil Prendival Show production for Cork's Red FM.